Nehemiah chapter 9, we've got several verses here just to look at real quickly. I'll give you three things tonight, but I think the Lord would have me address the church and, and talk about these. Nehemiah 9, 27 is where we left off. Therefore thou deliverest them into the hand of their enemies, who vexed them. And in the time of their trouble, when they cried unto thee, thou heardest them from heaven. Boy, God can hear a long way off. And according to thy manifold mercies, thou gavest them saviors who saved them out of the hand of their enemies. But after they had rest, they did evil again before thee. Therefore leftest thou them in the hand of their enemies, so that they had the dominion over them. Yet when they returned and cried unto thee, and heardest, thou heardest them from heaven, and many times didst thou deliver them according to thy mercies, and testifiest against them that thou mightest bring them again unto thy law. Yet they dealt proudly and hearkened not unto thy commandments, but sinned against thy judgments. Which if a man do, he shall live in them, and withdrew the shoulder, and hardened their neck, and would not hear. Yet many years didst thou forbear them, and testifiest against them by thy spirit in the prophets, in thy prophets. Yet would they not give ear, therefore gavest thou them into the hand of the people of the lands. Nevertheless, for thy great mercy's sake, thou didst not utterly consume them, nor forsake them. For thou art a gracious and merciful God. Before I get into these verses tonight about why God allows our enemies, you'll find that over and over again, the three times he says, in the end, look at the end of verse 27, it said, or excuse me, the first part of verse 27, therefore thou deliverest them into the hand of their enemies. God delivered them from Egypt just to deliver them into the hand of their enemies. What's going on with that? And then he said in verse 28, he says in verse 28, But after they had rest, they did evil again before thee, therefore leftest thou them in the hand of their enemies. After delivering them and giving them rest, now he leaves them in the hand of their enemies. He delivers them to the hand of their enemies. He leaves them into the hand of their enemies. And then the Bible says in verse number 30 at the end of the verse, Therefore gavest thou them into the hand of the people of the lands. God gave his own people into the hands of the enemies of God. He delivered them to the hand of their enemies. He left them in the hand of their enemies. And I want to ask why, why, why? It's often the reason, the explanation is often why bad things happen in our lives. And there's three reasons for that in these verses. You know, as I listened carefully, and I, I, I don't know if everybody else caught it, but 
I'm glad I got to hear every message that was preached this past week. And God was weaving a theme in all that. I didn't tell any of those guys what to preach, and they all come from different places. And God was trying to weave a message in that to our church. And the message was, I want to help you. But everybody doesn't get help from God. Everybody doesn't appropriate that help from God. I thought about Brother, uh, Brother Ralph's message on Sunday about being overwhelmed. And when you get overwhelmed, what do you do? And what's the proper attitude to have? And if God wants to help overwhelmed people. I thought about those circles that he made in his second message and... He was giving us a picture about how to get close to God. And if you want to get close to God, God can help you get close to Him. He wants to help you get close to Him. He's not just leaving that up to you. He wants to help you get close to Him. And then I thought about Brother Tim Fleur's message. And I thought about people being offended. And God wants to help the offended people. And then I thought about his next message that he preached about how God knows and God cares and God can. All of that was about, hey, God not only understands, God cares about what's going on and he can help you. He wants to help you. I thought about Brother Knox's message on on the crazy people. God wants to help crazy people. He helped a maniac, did He not? If you're crazy tonight, He wants to help you. You know, the crazy people are not just in... in, Well, when I grew up, they were in Lurleen B. Wallace Center. I don't know what they are and where they are now. But you can be functioning and have something that's pretty insane going on in your heart. And what I'm trying to tell you, God wants... Help you. And he can. And then Brother Knox's other message about Adam and Eve. Wasn't that thought provoking? How Adam and Eve and all of their sin and all of, of their condemnation and what they deserve from God. But God was wanting to help them. He wasn't trying to destroy them. He's trying to help them. It doesn't matter where you sinned or where you have disobeyed God. God wants to help you. But the, the question is, do you want his help? That maniac wanted his help. Adam and Eve received his help. The offended can get help from God. No matter what's going on in your life that God knows about, He can help you because He cares about it. No matter how you're overwhelmed or how far away you are from God, God wants to help bring you where you need to be. Then I thought about my brother's message he preached in Nehemiah. About all that opposition. You may have a lot of opposition in your life, but God wants to help you. And then, about Jeremiah in that dungeon. And how God was even interested enough to send an Ethiopian to help him in the dungeon. You know what the message is. I don't know where you are in life right now. And sometimes we can't see all of that just coming and meeting each other in a church house and sitting down on a pew. But you may be in the dungeon. You may be one step away from the cliff of crazy. 
You may be in the seat of the offended. You may be far away from God. You may have done something that has been so disobedient in the eyes of God. You may be overwhelmed. You may be as far away from God as you've ever been since you've been saved. But God says, I want to help you. That's what happened in the the nation of Israel, the life of the nation of Israel. In every turn of their life, God's trying to help them. Look what he says in this text over and over again as he talks about how they've got out of sorts with God. Look at verse number 27. In the middle of the verse, it says, When they cried unto thee, thou heardest them from heaven, and according to thy manifold mercies, Thou gavest them saviors who saved them out of the hand of their enemies. Even though they had sinned against God, God is wanting in His mercy, in His manifold mercy that He also says in verse 19. God's got, it's, it's like, it, it's many-fold. It, it's like those uh, pastries, you know. I, I don't know why I'm thinking about food. I, I, well, I do know one reason why I'm thinking about food. But anyway, those pastries, y'all know that uh, the baklava and all that stuff's got all those layers. Well, that's what makes it good, layer after layer. You know, God has manifold mercies. There's more folds to His mercy. There's more, there's more layers to God's mercy. God's got more mercy than you've got sin. God's got more mercy than we have disobedience. And in spite of their wickedness, He wants to help them. He said also in verse number 28, he said, that thou heardest them from heaven, end of the verse, and many times didst thou deliver them again according to thy mercies. They said it again. And then he also says it again in verse number, number 31, nevertheless for thy great mercy's sake, thou didst not utterly consume them nor forsake them, for thou art a gracious and merciful God. And this happened, look at verse 30, yet many years. Do you see that? Many years. Look at verse 28. He says, many times. They're doing this over and over again, and they get in a ditch over and over again. And God's God's wanting to help them because He's a merciful God. But now, wait, wait. Because God is a merciful God, And because God wants to help them and because God wants to help you, He's not going to let you just continue to go down the road of your life without help. So you know what this text says? He gave them into the hand of their enemies. He left them in the hand of their enemies. He delivered them to the hand of their enemies. Why? Because the only way He's going to help them is for them to see their need, that they need help. You know the only person God can't help is somebody that doesn't see their need of help. We heard all those people this week that God can help. Maniacs and offended people. I mean, it's hard to help an offended person, brother. That book says a brother offended is hard to be one. Amen. A strong city. But God can even help offended people. It's hard to help overwhelmed people. Certainly hard to help crazy people. But God can help anybody. But there's one person He can help, and that's somebody that won't let Him help them. And, what, and that doesn't see they need help. So what God did in the life of the nation of Israel, He gave them to their enemies. 
Now, would you think with me just for a minute that maybe, maybe some of the things that come into my life and come into your life is that God is trying to get me to see that I need His help. If we had never had a difficulty, if we had a Joel Osteen religion, which is not real, if we had the religion that people on social media talk about and the Jesus and the life, if we never had a care and we never had a problem and we never had a burden, then we'd never have to go anywhere for help. But you need help tonight. And I need help tonight. And this is what God, God does us a favor. He'll put us in a place where we know we need help. God Almighty. Isn't it weird that God would deliver them out of Egypt and then just turn them over to their enemies? What's the point, Lord? After He gave them rest, this is talking about the uh, passage of, of the book of Judges. He gives them rest. Joshua brings them in, gives them rest. They're in the promised land. They're enjoying it. And what happens? He turns them over to their enemies. He puts them in the hand and the dominion of their their enemies are controlled. That's the book of Judges. And they just go back and forth under the hand of the enemies and back to God, under the hand of the enemies, back to God. Why? Because God is merciful. He's not going to leave you alone. God's not going to leave you alone. He's going to keep trying to help you. Now, three reasons that God gave them into the hand of their enemies. Three reasons why God... Now, this is not the only reason God lets bad things come into your life if you're a believer. But He put His people into the hands of their enemies. Three reasons He did that. And three reasons God brings sometimes, and there can be others. Sometimes it's just life, man. You do know that uh, the Bible says man that's born of woman is a few days and full of trouble. I mean, there's something about just being alive that's troublesome. So don't make a spiritual application about everything. Sometimes it's just life. Everybody has to go through it. But there are a lot of things in our lives that come because It wasn't the devil that brought him in. It was God that brought him in. Because he's trying to help you. And he did it for three reasons here in this text anyway. Verse 27. Would you look at it with me? Therefore thou deliverest them into the hand of their enemies who vexed them. God allowed it. God allowed it to be that way. Watch it. And in the time of their trouble. You got any troubles tonight? You got any any, uh, mountains you can't seem to tunnel through? Any valleys you can't seem to get out of? Any difficulties? Whatever they might be. Well, why don't God just take care of all this trouble? Well, there's a reason for it. In the time of their trouble, would you look at verse 27 again? When... When they cried unto thee, thou heardest them from heaven, and according to thy manifold mercies, thou gavest them saviors who saved them out of the hand of their enemies. God was trying to get them to cry out to Him. God put them in the hand of their enemies so they would call out to Him. 
Because they needed to call out to him because of their disobedience. Can I say something to you that's very, very profound? It really is. It's not hard to understand, but it is profound. Do you know God cares more about you being close to him than he does you having a carefree life? You know, God is more interested in you walking with Him and talking with Him and have a sweet relationship with Him than He does taking all your problems away. You know what most people want? They don't want a a sweet, close relationship with God. They want all their problems to be taken away. You know what God will do? He'll give you problems to try to bring you close to Him. When everything's going great, you're not saying, Oh, God, help me. What happened in the Great Depression? People calling out to God. What happens when people have family problems? They ought to be calling out to God. What happens when people have financial problems? You ought to be calling out to God. You say, well, I have. Do it some more. I'll tell you one thing. This gallbladder thing's helped my prayer life. I'm not making a joke. You sit there for six hours, amen, pacing the floor, saying, oh God, help me, oh God, help me. You'll start seeking your own heart. I said, Lord, I need you. I don't know if if, if I'm going to die tonight or what, but i got to have your help. And God, I know you want me to to give a message, and i got to preach this mission conference. Oh God, i got to have, I tell you what, you'll pray more than you ever prayed before because you know you need his help. But when you don't have any problem, you can go in the strength of your own flesh and just get by and go through the motions. God doesn't want us to go through the motions of Christianity. He wants us to cry out to Him. God, I need you. And I'm telling you, all those things come in your life, so you'll cry out to Him. Because He wants you to be a whole lot closer to Him than He does want to take your problems away. And until we want Him more than we want our problems taken away, we're barking up the wrong tree. The whole central issue of life is you and Jesus. It's not you and all this being all perfectly right, getting rid of all your burdens and cares. It's, it's about you and Jesus. God says, I'm going to take you and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to I'm gonna deliver you to the hand of your enemy. Now, the bad thing is, you get in the hand of the enemy. Now, Judges is a crazy book. It's almost like they're schizophrenic. They call out to God. God sends them a Savior. Little S here at the end of verse 7. Somebody deliver them physically. Deliver them from their enemy. And they enjoy that for a while. And then they go right back to the same disobedience and forgetting God. And God puts them right back under another enemy. And then they call out again and say, Oh God, we're sorry, we're sorry, we repent. And He gives them another Savior. There's so many judges in there. Have you read all those judges? I never forget my, my pastor when I was a little boy preached a message on when lefty let fatty have it. I never forget that as a little boy. I still remember this day. Amen. E. Hud putting that dagger in Eglon and the, until the dirt came out. That's a great message. But you know what the thing happened? That happened over and over and over and over again. Many times. Because sometimes we just don't learn. That we really do need God. You know what David said? The Bible says, 
he regarded their affliction. Listen to this. Psalm 1-6. He regarded their affliction when he heard their cry. You know what will get God's attention from you? It's not just you having hard bondage in your life. What will get God's attention is you crying out to Him from your heart. And when I'm talking about crying out to Him, I'm not just saying, I tell you what, in my infirmness when I'm crying out to God, I am praying for relief. (laughs) But I'm also praying, Lord, I want to get close to you. I want to be right with you. I need your touch. I need your presence. I need your power. You're more important than my body, God. I want to be in a good relationship. The cry, guys, the cry is not just, oh, God, get all this stuff off of me. That's not the cry. The cry is, I need you. That's why I like that. I tell you what, if I can get these girls to come here every year, I'm going to do it, these Marshall girls. Lord, I need you. You're all I need is what they say. And until we get to that place, we're we're missing the boat. In all of our struggles, He wants you to cry from your heart. He wants you to draw nigh to Him. Now, this is what we do. Come on. Now, now you know this is what we do, guys. If we spent half the time talking to God that we do talking to everybody else about our problems, we'd probably have revival. The preacher, I prayed about my problems. I bet you've not prayed about it more than you talked to somebody else about it. You see where we are? God says, you, the difficulty, it ought to make you cry out to me. It ought to make you come. It's like 9-11. When 9-11 happened, everybody, you know, all the country, you know, calling out to God. And, go, and I think God had mercy on us. And then what did they do? Without your problems, you'd probably be so backslidden nobody could get along with you. He said, I delivered in the hand of their enemies to get them to cry out to me in their disobedience. And then, verse 28, But after they had rest, they did evil again before thee. Therefore leftest thou them in the hand of their enemies, so that they had the dominion over them. Yet when they returned and cried unto thee, thou heardest them from heaven, and many times didst thou deliver them according to thy mercies. I'm interested in that little three-phrase, three-worded phrase in the middle of the verse, when they returned. God's not just trying to get you to cry out to Him. He's trying to get you to return to Him. He's trying to get you... You know, when the Bible talks about the, the, the church there, it, when he's writing to the seven churches there in the book of Revelation, and he said that they left something. They left their first love. Why does God leave them in the hand of their enemies? He's trying to turn them back to where they can find that rest and find that character in their life. You know, sometimes God brings a lot of difficulties in our lives 
to change our character. The purpose of is chastisement to change who we are and the direction our heart is headed, and the direction our mind is headed, and the direction our lives and our morals are headed. The chastening of God to get us to return. David said this in Psalm 119. He said, Before I was afflicted, I went astray. When I was all right, I went astray. I went the wrong direction. Maybe some of the difficulties in your life is trying to straighten up your character. You know that Bible says to honor the Lord with your substance and the first fruits. You know if you don't put God first in your life, whether it's your money or whether it's your heart or whether it's your time, you know what will happen with that? You'll, you'll, reap, you'll reap a problem with that. And then, I, I never see so many, how many people have got all these problems in their life and they've not put God first, they put other things first. And they don't understand. They're going to still stay in the, in the mire and in the quagmire. And they're not going to get anywhere. And they're just toiling and rowing. And they're not getting anywhere. Because until they put God first, the, the situation's not going to improve. Because God's wanting to use that to change my character. To get me to return where He's first and where He's most important. I tell you what. God will make, if, if we don't, church, if we don't put the Lord first in our lives, He's going to make sure it don't ever work out. Right. It's not going to work out. Right. But you know, God's so merciful, He'll do this. When your priorities aren't right, when you're not honoring Him first of all, you know what He'll do? He'll bring some enemy things in your life. But he's always there ready to forgive and ready to have mercy on you because he's not doing that to you because he's mean. He wants to help us. He's just trying to get us to return to him. Has there ever been a time in your life that you are closer to God than you are right now? I'm going to tell you, God will do anything necessary to get you to return to that place. Amen. And I thank Him for that. That He won't leave me alone out there. So God's trying to help us. Don't be shocked when you're left in the hand of your enemies. What are you talking about? Oh, there's all kinds of enemies out there. All kind of things that, that are against you out there. Why don't we learn the lesson and return to God with our character, not just with our cry. You know, it's one thing to cry out to God. It's another thing for my character to be changed. Right? The first one didn't say return. It said said they cried. But the next verse says they returned. We're going to get back to the place where God wants me to be. And I'll give you the last thing. Verse 29. And testifies against them. Well, that's bad. You know, we have testimony services someday. Anybody want to give a testimony for the Lord? I tell you what, I've never had to testify against the Lord. Let me tell you how awful God's been to me. No, I've never had to give that testimony. 
But here he had to testify against them. How sad. His own people. And testifies against them that thou mightest bring them again unto thy law. Yet they dealt proudly and hearkened not unto thy commandments, but sinned against thy judgments, which if a man do, he shall live in them, and withdrew the shoulder, and hardened their neck, and would not hear. Yet many years thou didst forbear them, and testifies against them by thy spirit and thy prophets. Yet would they not give ear. Therefore gavest thou them into the hand of the people of the land. The third time he says that. Why? Because they hardened their neck, just like it said over there in verse number 16. You remember when we were preaching there? But they and our fathers dealt proudly, hardened their neck, hearkened not to thy commandments, refused to obey, neither were mindful of thy wonders thou didst among them, but hardened their necks and in their rebellion. You know why God delivers people and gives people over the hand of their enemies, his own people? You know why he does that? To soften our necks. You know what Job said? Job said, I turn over here, God's not there. I turn over there, God's not there. I look back there, God's not there. You know what he said? He said, God maketh my heart soft. How long are you going to have a hard heart? That may just be about as long as you're going to be in the hand of your enemies. Won't you just tender your heart and quit quit being so obstinate? Amen. Any of you raised donkeys? Anybody anybody had donkeys? Okay, yeah, there's one. I don't want to do that. I don't want to fight with donkeys. Well, how about horses that are obstinate? Or cattle that are obstinate? Any of you know children that were obstinate? Or a wife or a husband that was? Or saved people? You know what? To be truthful, probably half of us in here are obstinate. We, we don't want God just to take a hold of the reins and drive our lives anywhere we, He wants to go. We want, to, we want a part of those reins. We want to guide some of that life. We don't want to let loose and just let him have his way. Oh, no. This is my life. No, it ain't. And you may just stay in the hand of your enemy until you understand it's not your life, it's his life. What is he trying to do with them? Why is he testifying against them so? The Bible says, would you look back again there at that verse we just read? Verse 29, and testifies against them that thou mightest bring them again unto thy law. Three reasons God puts his people in the hand of their enemies. Number one, so they'll cry out to him. Number two, so they'll return to him. And number three, so they'll be brought to his book. You see that? Testifies against them that thou mightest bring them again unto thy law. Until they will humble themselves. Until they will will, uh, surrender to his book. And to the prophets that are preaching his book. He's going to leave them in the hand of the people of the land. Until they say, I give, I, I will come back to the book. 
You know what God's trying to do even through our trouble? He's trying to get us to the book. It is not a coincidence, guys, that that David wrote so much of the Bible that helps our lives. You know how how many troubles he had that took him to the book? And yet sometimes we live our lives and we don't crack it for a week. And God says, well, I'll just, I'll let you struggle along until you want to come back to the book. I wonder tonight, is this book more important to you than you getting rid of your problems? You see the quandary? Do you love this more than you love a good, peaceful, carefree life. Oh, the psalmist said, Oh, how I love thy law. It is my meditation all the day. More to be desired than gold. Yea, than much fine gold. People desire to get rid of their problems. They don't desire to get in that book. Boy, I passed it out on the mission field, seen him grab it, kiss it, hug it, and cry because they're getting to take home God's book. So tonight, why does God leave his own people and give his own people and deliver his own people in the hand of their enemies? So they'll cry out to him. So they'll return to him. And so they'll come back to this book right here. So God wants to help you. Though you may be underneath all those enemies, God wants to help you. He's trying to get you back to, he's going to leave you under those enemies until you get back to the place where he can help you. You want his help tonight?